So Money episode 426, Nelly Galan. You're listening to So Money with award-winning money guru, Farnoosh Torabi. Each day, get a 30-minute dose of financial inspiration from the world's top business minds, authors, influencers, and from Farnoosh herself. Looking for ways to save on gas or double your double coupons? Sorry, you're in the wrong place. Seeking profound ways to live a richer, happier life? Welcome to So Money. So Money is brought to you today by Wealthfront. Wealthfront is the most tax-efficient, low-cost, hassle-free way to invest. Now, many of you I know are interested in simplifying your investment strategy. You want to reduce fees. You want to work with a service that you trust. And Wealthfront delivers. It builds and manages your personalized, globally diversified portfolio. To open an account, the minimum is just $500, and that gets you a periodically rebalanced, diversified portfolio of low-cost index funds. There are zero trading fees, zero hidden fees, and advisory fees that are just a fraction of traditional advisors. In fact, Wealthfront manages your first $10,000 for free. To learn more and sign up, visit wealthfront.com forward slash so money. You're listening to So Money, everyone. Welcome back. Thanks for joining me. I'm your host, Farnoosh Tarabi. Our guest today has been dubbed the quote-unquote tropical tycoon by the New York Times Magazine. Nellie Galan is a woman empowerment advocate and Emmy award-winning television producer. She is also the owner of Galan Entertainment, a dynamic multicultural media company that has created more than 700 TV shows in both English and Spanish. She was also the first Latina president of the U.S. TV network Telemundo. She's out with a brand new book entitled Self-Made, Becoming Empowered, Self-Reliant, and Rich in Every Way. Kind of a perfect book, right? She discusses how helping women become self-made is a movement, not a mission. And with Nellie, we also talk about how there is no true empowerment until you have your own money. She also is very passionate about dispelling this Prince Charming dream. You know, it's actually a syndrome and we can't and shouldn't wait for this fictitious person anymore, she says. Nellie was also one of the first participants on Celebrity Apprentice with Donald Trump. Hmm. What was that like? You know, we rarely get political on this show, but, you know, couldn't help with Nellie. She offers her two cents on this year's election. Here we go. Here is the lovely Nellie Galan. Nellie Galan, welcome to So Money. I'm honored to have you on the show. Congratulations on your new book and such an important message that you're sharing with millions of women out there. Thank you so much. It's, it's, I'm so happy to be here with you and to talk about this book because it's really been an incredible odyssey to write it, to live it, uh, and to share it with women. And I think it's important information for all women, especially today. Especially today. The timing couldn't mm-hmm. be more perfect. Why do you think this message is resonating so well and so much with women today? The book is called Self-Made. So it's about women empowerment through entrepreneurship, being your own boss, creating your own wealth. Why now? Well, I think, I think there's, you know, there's a chapter in the book that I think perfectly describes what's happening, which is, you know, I say in the book, we have to kill Prince Charming. And I think that what that means is that this notion we had that someone was going to save us, whether it's a mate, whether it's a corporation, whether it's the government, is just a lie. I mean, we see what's going on. I think it's very scary time. Um, the 2008 
collapse of our economy really, you know, showed so many of us that we couldn't count on any of the things that we thought were, were givens. And I think that combined with a digital age that creates no barriers to entry that allows us to start businesses from our closets, uh, whether it's one hour a week or full time. Uh, because I don't say in the book that I, you know, don't leave your job and do everything overnight. But I think what I say in the book is this is something just like when we learned that we had to exercise, you know, 20 or 30 years ago, many young women don't realize exercising was not the norm for us, right? Well, I think that in 20 or 30 years, having an entrepreneurial life or a side life is going to be the norm. Right. We are definitely evolving. Yeah. Yeah. I think the times demand it, demand what we're talking about. But yet it's not so simple because I think there's a mental barrier going on. You know, know, women, especially it's, it's difficult to see yourself to, to believe that you have the, the worth, the value to, to do all, to accomplish everything that you want us to accomplish. Mm -hmm. And I'm a big advocate as well. I wrote a book called When She Makes More. I know full well what's happening right now with women taking on these leadership roles. And sometimes they don't intend to, they kind of fall into it. But for those Mm -hmm. who want to go after it intentionally, how do you convince them to really value themselves enough and to go out there and get what they deserve? Well, I think that, um, what you say is exactly right. I think the be- the biggest barrier to all of this that's under our nose is ourselves. And I think it begins with how we diminish ourselves. You know, um, when I, I've spent four years on the road uh, talking to women, training women in entrepreneurship. And the number one thing I get is, you know, I'm, um, so what is it that you do? And well, I'm a freelancer or I'm, you know, I'm a cleaning lady. I'm a this, and I go, no, you're not. How many houses do you clean? I clean 15 houses. So you're a janitorial service. Do you have an LLC? Are you, uh, de- you know, are you deducting out of your taxes all your expenses? Um, when people tell me they're freelancers, I say, so you're becoming self-made. And they're like, oh, I never thought of it that way. And I think men always over-exaggerate what they do, and they aggrandize themselves and we diminish ourselves. So, you know, one of the chapters of the book is in order to be chosen, you have to choose yourself first. If you don't believe in you, how am I supposed to believe in you? When women tell me on the road, you know, I go, what do you want to do? What is it that you want to, what is the business you want to do? And they go, well, I'm a, I'm kind of a, I'm a good cook. You know, I guess I really want to, I go, so you're a chef. And they go, well, I'm not a chef. I'm a cook. I go, no, you're a chef. Right. And it's, it's that mindset, beginning with that mindset that has to change. You, and then, and then yeah. I think, and then I think the Prince Charming problem that, that we think. Is that still a problem? Still, Do you think that, I mean, more and more Mary so. later in life, we're establishing our own businesses, our own wealth. We get it, I think, right? Who still isn't getting well, it? Yeah, but you know what? I think it's, I think it's so in our DNA. I mean, I can tell you that I'm the most empowered person I know. And sometimes I want a Prince Charming. Sometimes I want someone to go, can't someone just fix this for me? I mean, I think it's human nature. I've had bosses who I've turned into Prince Charming that I just thought, 
oh, I know that they really get me and they know how great I am and they're going to do it for me. They're going to take it. Yeah. I, mean, we, I think it's embedded in our DNA, I'm telling you. Oh, I agree. I, I mean, think, I think that Prince Charming, what he stands for, though, or that partnership uh-huh. is is changing. So I think I married it is my Prince Charming, but I make more than my Prince Charming. In yeah, my I do too. Pleasure. But, you know, uh-huh. for me, my husband represents some things. Like He still takes care of me, big quotes around that, and that is uh-huh. in my DNA. I want to be taken care of as a woman, but uh-huh. not in the way that my mother wanted to be taken care of well i think even those of us you know those of us that are the breadwinners and that are with men that are incredible because my husband is also incredible but we make more than they do right so i think there are moments when i'm afraid or when i go oh my god is this horrible thing going to happen am i not going to make this money that i go you know i wish i could just throw it to him right i mean i think it's human absolutely i think that to not understand that Killing Prince Charming is a, a daily practice. Mm-hmm. It's a daily practice because it comes from a place of fear. And, you know, in a way, I feel sorry for men because I think they have the same fears we do. It's just that they're not allowed to think it. Yeah. You know, in a way, they've been raised that it's like, well, I just, I just have to go figure it out because, you know, they know they're not going to be saved by anybody. And I think we're there, too. I just think just like, you know, when you're meditating and you, the thoughts come into your mind, whether you like it or not. I think even if you're the most empowered woman and you're so successful, those thoughts do enter your mind. I really, you know, I try to own them and I try to really pay attention when they come up. Because I think when you realize it's a, it's a fear-based thought, that then you can, you can easily get rid of it. But it does come up. Even I sometimes want Prince Charming in different settings. Um, <laughs> So I know it's something we have to work on daily. You call yourself the most empowered person you know. How much of that stems from your immigrant background? Your parents were entrepreneurs. I think my empowerment uh, is completely and totally, my full empowerment is because I have made enough money to never work another day in my life. And I think that at my level, you know, everybody, everybody, some people need way more money to, to retire. I'm not retired and I never will be, but I could be. And I think the day that that happened to me, I fully entered my full empowerment because I really believe that when, that, 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 you know, I don't believe money is the thing that makes you happy, but money is the route to empowerment and to knowing that you're self-reliant fully. Um, just sets you free. Now, how I got there um, is through my immigration experience, because I think that immigrants, that's why there are more immigrant entrepreneurs than, you know, anywhere else in the world. I mean, we are the, we are the lead entrepreneurs. Why? Because we don't take anything for granted. We don't feel like we're entitled to anything. We're grateful. We know that things have been worse elsewhere. Um, and yes, my parents and the way I was raised is totally how I got to where I am, for sure. Also, I think that after you've made this jump from leaving your country, your homeland, as as much as maybe you weren't happy there, it's still so scary and full of risk to move to a foreign country, even though that it's the promised land, it's a land of opportunity, but there's a part of you that has, has to overcome a huge emotional barrier. So then the idea of starting a business is like, no, no sweat. 
I got this. Yeah, I think it also begins with your parents. When you see your parents lose everything, like literally we had the shirt on our back and they get here and they had really nice lives in their country. My dad was the kid of a guy that was a, a big entrepreneur. My dad worked for him. And they and you see your parents uh, go on the Ford Motor line and paint cars. And you see your mother um, do whatever it takes, uh, sew wedding dresses when she never sewed a day in her life. And you see them completely be humble and completely be grateful and be willing to start at the bottom. That's a game changer for the rest of your life because you can't complain about anything. <laughs> I mean, they have a great attitude and therefore you better have it too. So the self-made is a state of mind. And so let's say I, I embrace that. I believe that I have what it takes to be self-made. What's next? What's a, a tangible step that you encourage women to take to get them closer to this incredible state of empowerment that you're in? Well, I think that it begins very simply. And I'm so glad you asked that question because I say in the book, this is not a grandiose feat. I think when I say to women, entrepreneurship, you know, the reason the book is called self-made is because traveling around the country, meeting women, they're like, I don't relate to the word entrepreneur. It makes me feel like I have to be Sarah Blakely who starts Spanx and not, and I'm not a creator of an idea. And I, and I real, you know, it's very important for me to say to women, most entrepreneurs don't create a business. Most entrepreneurs buy a business or they buy a franchise or they're just really good executors of someone else's idea. Um, and, and it all begins with baby steps. You know, I feel like the key to life is to begin and to complete something. And, you know, I tell my teenager, you know, go get, um, go become a notary public or go get your driver's license test. You know, the idea is to start something small, complete it and feel like, wow, I did that. That wasn't a big deal. Okay. I can do more. I mean, if you told me you're going to lose 30 pounds by exercising two hours a day, I would fail. Yeah. <laughs> it, I had to start by, you know, walking 10 minutes a day and, you know, maybe after a month going to 15 minutes a day, you know, I can't, I can't do things that are not, that don't come easily to me from one day to the next. So I say to women, look, here's what you're going to do. We all have things in our closet that we need to get rid of. Find one item in your closet, take a picture of it and upload it to Amazon or to eBay. It's so easy. They even have a tutorial. I mean, literally it takes five minutes. If you don't know how to do it, find a young person, a teenager who can do it for you and sell one item on a Sunday and tell yourself that that item and that money is going to go to, to your big goal. I think the big thing is, you know, again, can you lose weight if you don't have a picture of what you want to look like in front of you? Oh, I can't. You need to have that visual. Um, yeah. So, you know, in the book, I say the number one thing you have to do is you have to realize instant gratification isn't going to get you there. So you have to create a big goal, a big goal. And that's why I say in the book, don't buy shoes, buy buildings. And it's both, <laughs> I say it, I say it both, um, as the real thing that I did to make money, but also as a metaphor, like if I didn't know that I wanted to own my own home and pay it out, right? If I didn't know, I would have bought stupid things like shoes and clothes instead of buying a building. 
yeah. which I bought, you know, which my first building I bought was $5,000 down. So nobody can tell me you can't do it. Um, I think you have to have a goal and you have to start putting money away for that goal. And you start, it starts with one item in your closet. You're going to, you're going to be addicted once you do it. Yeah. Who doesn't want to make money? Who doesn't want, who doesn't want, who doesn't want to be rich? Need a website? Why not do it yourself with Wix.com? No matter what business you're in, Wix.com has something for you. Used by more than 84 million people worldwide, Wix.com makes it easy to get your website live today. You need to get the word out about your business. It all starts with a stunning website with hundreds of designer-made, customizable templates to choose from. The drag-and-drop editor. There's no coding needed. You don't need to be a programmer or designer to create something beautiful. You can do it yourself with Wix.com. Wix.com empowers business owners to create their own professional websites every day. When you're running your own business, you're bound to be busy too busy, too busy worrying about your budget, too busy scheduling appointments, too busy to build a website for your business. And because you're too busy, it has to be easy. And that's where Wix.com comes in. With Wix.com, it's easy and free. Go to Wix.com to create your website today. The result is stunning. Nelly, you have a very healthy relationship with money. Has it always been this way? No. I think that, when, again, when you're an immigrant, and I still don't have a perfectly 100% healthy relationship with money in the sense that I still have moments where I panic and I think like an immigrant. You know, I've surpassed that, that mentality a long time ago when I understood that the key to life is to make money while you sleep. When one of my bosses says, honey, you got to make money while you sleep. And I was like, what did he just say? I don't have a clue what he just said. And that means that the money you make and the money you save will not create the kind of abundance and wealth in your life to allow you to retire, that will allow you to be free, and that will allow you to do whatever it is you really want to do in your life. Before that, if you even think, follow your bliss all the time, you're thinking like an entitled first world person. As I tell people, if you're a little girl in Afghanistan, can you follow your bliss? If you want to be a singer, can you really follow your bliss? So that's, that's a very privileged, entitled, first world point of view. But to be disciplined, to think with the mindset of self-made will get you to the, to the promised land earlier than you think. You know, at 45, I was retired. And I'm not J-Lo. I'm not Beyonce. I worked my way up as an intern. I, you know, I have not... It's not like I never took a vacation. It's not like I never bought clothes, but I, but I was disciplined in my, my mindset of having big goals and working toward those goals. And I got there at 45. So if I can do it, anybody can do it. And I didn't even finish college. I went back to school at 45 and paid for my school because I hadn't finished college because I felt like then I could go to school. So was the best advice you ever got when it comes to money at a young age, was it to buy that building, invest? What was it? Well, I think, I think there's a lot that came before that. I think it starts with this, this notion that you have to save a lot of money from the money you make. And people tell me, I can't do it. And I go, well, no, you can't do it if you're not willing to move, if you're not willing to have roommates. 
if you're not willing to not go out and, and, and go to a bar and drink every Friday night, yeah, then you can't do it. But barring that, everyone can do it. Whether you make $10 an hour or whether you make $500 an hour, everyone can save money if they put their mind to it. Additionally, in this day and age, everyone needs to have a side hustle. Everyone. You can't just work in a corporation and come home and think that's it. No. Whether, again, whether you sell uh, items from your closet on eBay or Amazon, whether you sell your old books from school, whether you drive an Uber or a Lyft on weekends, whether you rent out a room in your apartment on Airbnb, you need to be thinking about your side hustle. Not only because that is your extra money, extra, extra money that you're going to put away, but because you become a better employee by doing that. You're teaching your company about the shared economy. Number two, once you've saved money, I say in the book, if you ask me, you have to have two years of money saved. Now people go, that's a lot. I go, well, I did it. And I did it when I was 22. So if I can do it, you can do it. <laughs> Minimally one year of money saved. But I say two because I think the one year of money is money that should be your slush fund for an emergency. And the second year is the money you begin to invest. And you either decide you're going to invest it in a business. The first money I invested in a business, I lost. So I had to do it all over again. That's okay. Failing is a good thing. It teaches you how to be excellent the next time. And the, the next time I started investing the money in real estate. And, and because one of my bosses had said to me, buy buildings instead of homes, and he's right. And Nelly, I have to say, I'm a big fan of the side hustle as well. I, I had a side hustle. It was freelance writing. I was able to then mm -hmm. quit my, well, actually I got mm -hmm. laid off. And because I had mm -hmm. that one to two years savings because of the side hustle, I didn't go back to a day job and I was able mm -hmm. to continue working in, uh, as a financial expert, write more books and the rest is history. So what I love most That's about right. the potential side hustle is that it can take on a life of its own and bring yeah. you towards the path of entrepreneurship. So what have you learned since writing the book? What would you say if there was an addendum to this book that's something that has come out since talking to women? I, I'm glad you asked that question because I've had a major epiphany since writing the book. Yeah. Um, well, first of all, you know, I'm such a can-do person that I am, I am tough with women. I say, you know what? Just do it. Come on. You got, nothing's going to happen if you sit home doing nothing and something might happen if you get off your butt and do it. The truth is though, writing this book and publishing a book has been the single most difficult thing I've ever done. I think there are, uh, I didn't realize the barriers to entry in becoming a mainstream thought leader as a Latina and the kind of response I've gotten from the media of like, well, is this a Latino book or is this this? And, and I think to myself, if I, with all of my experience, my connections, my money, my sponsors, my everything, if I've had this hard of a time, why was this happening to me? And I realized it's so that I understand how difficult it is for all the women and all the women of color coming behind me to accomplish anything. And so if anything, it's given me quantum compassion and really understanding that 
you know, things, even in a digital age, even with all the advantages we have, that you can start a business with no barrier to entry, there are still barriers we face. And it's really helped me to really think through how to help these women navigate through it because I've just gone through it myself. And I haven't gone through this much difficulty since I was, since I was much younger. Why do you think that is? I mean, is it? I think it's yeah. because we're living in an age of Donald Trump hmm. where things are scandalous. I just wrote an op-ed piece about Donald Trump that'll come out next week. I was just I about to get to the Donald because you were on Celebrity Apprentice. With I was on Celebrity Apprentice. Donald Trump. And, you know, and in my op-ed piece, I wrote that when I was on Celebrity Apprentice, you have to remember that I'm a reality TV producer. So I also understand that we make TV shows that have scandal in them and that are very dramatic for ratings. And they're entertaining, right? But I guess I never thought Donald Trump was taking something which I thought was you know, an act and turning it into a platform for the presidency of the United States and that he was going to completely change the press in our country where now they don't want nice stories about women becoming entrepreneurs. They want scandal. The only way they want me to go on TV and do things is if I'm going to badmouth Donald Trump. And, and, and by the way, I don't agree with anything he's saying, but I did not have a horrible experience with him. Uh, he didn't do anything to me personally. So I'm a person of integrity. I'm, I will say what I believe, but I won't say what I don't believe. And I won't lie to get press. This Donald that says racist things and that speaks about women in a horrible way and that wants to build a wall and wants to send Muslims home and wants to send Mexicans home. I mean, you don't, you don't say that without apologizing profusely if you don't mean it. And by the way, this is their home. What are you talking about? <laughs> I mean, please. America was please. built on immigration and freedom of religion. And you know, maybe he needs to go back but and take a history class. The sad part of this is that he's incited hatred and racism and all kinds of horrible, horrible thoughts in people that are just simply afraid that, you know, the, the multiculturals are about to be the majority. And you know what? If they don't embrace it, they shouldn't be afraid because we are about to be the majority. Right. Amen. So your epiphany following this book, what do you think is going to come out of that? Have you decided what to do with all of that? I, I'm in process of figuring that out, but I definitely, you know, it's made me bolder and, uh, you know, maybe a little more radical than I used to be. I think that, you know, I realize that we, that there is a peril out there for women and multicultural women. And we have to, we have to be more, more unafraid. We have to speak up and I have to speak up even more because it isn't quite right. It isn't. And there are things that are still fixed that, that, that keep us from getting in. And I have to speak out about it. It's interesting that you had this epiphany in 2016. Did it ever occur to it you is. really when you were running a television network, making no. your millions? I've gotten on the Today Show and on Good Morning America and all these shows a zillion times in my life talking about Telemundo, talking about The Apprentice, and, uh, and it has become very difficult to get on these shows without a scandal. And I think we've gone backwards. I think that the conversation is um, it has gone way backwards. I think, you know, I have to really now, when I speak about multicultural women, I have to really point out all the different groups 
because diversity is a black and white issue in this country. It's like the rest of us don't exist. Mm. I think the conversation has become very, very uh, divided. And I think that this, this election has really created a lot of um, polarized feelings. And I think we have to deal with it. I think we have to just go there and talk about it. Well, I love your book, Self Made, and it, we should mention Susie Orman wrote the foreword to the book, which I think really she positions did. it. It positions it so well as a book that you means you have to care about your money if you want to be self made. You do, you do. And I just have to tell you something about the Susie Orman piece of the puzzle. Again, with what I think is one of the the new messages I have figured out. You know, women, we really do have to help each other. I don't think we realize we're all we've got. You know, I didn't know Susie well. I've known her through the years. I've met her a few times. Um, I've had a lot of respect for her. I really have read all her books. Really, I don't think I'm tactical about money the way Susie is. I've really followed her lead. Um, and she's been very supportive of my work with Latinas and multicultural women. I sent her an email and in 10 minutes, she said, I will do this for you. And I think we all have to realize you know, I've sent things to my own Latinas and sometimes they're like, oh, again, I don't know if I can do that. And it's fear-based because we, we, we don't think that we can put ourselves out there for other people and we must do it. You know, I am not apologetic about being very supportive of Hillary Clinton. Is she perfect? No. Am I perfect? No. Are all the men that are running? No. But I can't imagine someone who's worked harder or is more prepared for the presidency. And I really want to support her. I want to support a woman. I want to see a woman become president. And I think she's going to do phenomenal things. And I feel like we have to, I cannot say that enough, how important it is for women to support other women. Well, you are preaching to the choir here on our show, Nellie. Thank you so much. And congratulations on a fantastic book. And, and um, we're really excited about the journey that it's going to take you on because you're going to help so many more women in the process and men. I think men, it's an important message for men to hear as well. You know, I tell men all the time, I said, if you, you do not realize that by aligning with a woman, by helping a woman, that is the way you're going to also in your business. And that's how you're going to make money mm -hmm. because all the, you know, I don't want to leave uh, this call without saying the most important uh, chapter in the book is there is hidden money in America for all of us. There are government contracts. There are uh, corporate um, supplier um, contracts. There is, there are contests in America we only apply for 5% of the possible money that's available to us. And on our website, Becoming Self-Made, and on our app, every month we are going to show all the money that's available for all women, for Latinas, for Native Americans, for Indian women, for Asian women. There's pockets of money for all of us that we are not applying for. It's a crime. And if men want to create businesses and access that money, they better partner with a woman. We really appreciate you stopping by. We know you're very busy oh my God. promoting thank, the book. Thank you for supporting, for supporting a woman. And thank you for supporting this book. And um, I look forward to meeting you in the future. Likewise, it would be so great. Thank you so much. Thank you. 
That's a wrap. If you'd like to learn more about Nellie, her website is NellieGalan.com. She's also on Twitter at Nellie underscore Galan. All this information back at SoMoneyPodcast.com, where you can grab the transcript, the audio, leave a comment. We'd love to hear your thoughts on this episode. Go to SoMoneyPodcast.com. And while you're there, click on Ask Farnoosh and send me your question for our Friday episodes. Thanks for tuning in. Hope you enjoyed this one and hope you'll be back for more. In the meantime, I hope your day is so money. Money.